There are two big lies that millions believe to be true. The first one is that everyone goes to heaven. The second lie is that death is the end. There is no judgment day, no afterlife, and once you are dead, you stay dead. Pastor Carter is certain that Jesus rose bodily from the dead and is alive today. Here to separate fact from fantasy is Pastor John Carter with today's teaching, Why I Believe in the Resurrection. The biblical records tell us the body of Christ was missing from his tomb. What could have happened to his body? Welcome back, my friend. Today we're talking about this great question, what happened to the body of Christ? In the first segment, we talked about the possibilities because the tomb was, was empty. Let me say this before I go any further today. I don't want a faith that is based upon fairy tales, do you? I want a faith that is based upon the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. I want to be a free man. I want you to be free people. And so today we're talking not about fanciful theories, but we are talking about the truth that is based in reality. Now, what happened to the body of Christ? Because the tomb was empty. In the first segment, we talked about the possibilities. The Jews took the body. Now, that, that's, that's absurd. They would have produced the body. The greatest argument against the resurrection is the dead body of Christ. <laughs> Other people have said, and that's a fairy tale, they've said, well, well, the Romans probably got the body. No, the Romans would have done the same thing. They would have produced the dead body of Christ and finished the Christian church forever. That didn't happen, my friend. Other people have said, well, the disciples came at night time and they stole the body of Jesus. Hey, come on. Can you really believe that sort of stuff? The disciples were broken men. They were hiding in an upper room. You're going to tell me all of a sudden they're transformed into heroes and they storm the tomb and they overthrow the Roman soldiers? <laughs> I don't believe it. You don't believe it either. What's the real solution? What happened to the body of Christ? The tomb was empty, my friend, because Christ had risen from the dead. The resurrection of Christ is a historical fact. Now, let me give you a little bit more evidence. Jesus was seen personally by many witnesses. He was seen by Mary Magdalene in the garden. She thought he was the gardener. And then he said to her, Mary. <laughs> and she recognized him, not only by the eyes, but by the sound of his voice. Mary was a witness. Ask Mary. The 11 disciples saw him. The 11 disciples in the upper room, they saw him. The two men on the road to Emmaus, they saw him. They had a meal with him. Peter saw him. Paul saw him 
and 500 men at one time, a vast number because that would not have included all the other people who were with them. So let me read to you the text. I'm going to come to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 3 to 8. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 to 8. Listen, my friend, to the word of the Lord. Paul is speaking, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, Peter, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren. That would not have included all the women and all the kids. So, you know, you've got more than 1,000 people. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep, some have died. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Listen to me, my friend. I want you to hear the witnesses. I want you to hear the evidence. These people were decent people. They were not frauds. They were not cunning politicians. They were not unscrupulous church politicians. They were the real deal. And many of them wrote it down. They wrote it down in this historical document. Somebody says, well, you know, you can't, who, who says you can't believe it? Our court system is based upon the testimony of reliable witnesses. Here we have reliable witnesses, ordinary, decent people, and, and they wrote it down. Who were these witnesses? Well, they were so genuine, they were so true that most of them gave their lives for what they believed. They faced the lines in the Circus Maximus. Not many people, my friend, will die for a lie. These people faced the lines and were torn to pieces because they believed that the tomb of Christ was empty because Christ had been raised from the dead. You can believe it. You can believe the witnesses. They believed that Christ had been raised. And their belief in the physical reality of the resurrection eventually was so strong that it overthrew the might of the mighty Roman Empire. Rome went down because Christ came up. <laughs> Did you hear this? Rome went down because Christ came up. Ask the witnesses. Remember the words of the angel. He is not here. He is risen. The tomb is empty. 
Did Jesus ever raise the dead? Well, the truth of the matter is that Jesus broke up every funeral he attended <laughs> because he was the Prince of Life. There's a story of a funeral going past and Jesus turns up and it's the funeral of a young man. His mother is there. She's a widow. He was her only boy, her last hope. He was the provider of the food and everything else. He's dead. Everybody is weeping. She's weeping. Jesus goes over and he stops the funeral. <laughs> and he tells the young man to get up. The young man hears the voice of the Son of God and he gets up. Jesus broke up the funeral. Then there was a little girl. She died. When, they, when Jesus arrived, everybody is weeping and howling and Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go in. And they, they're laughing at him. And Jesus goes in and he says, little girl, little girl, hey, you listening to this? Jesus says, little girl, I say to you, wake up. And she wakes up. <laughs> Jesus broke up every funeral he attended. But there was a time when Jesus was four days late. When he got there, the funeral was over and his friend Lazarus was dead. Now, what was he going to do with this set of circumstances? Here is a man. He was his friend. His name is Lazarus. He died. Jesus apparently got there too late. When he gets there, he's been dead for four days. Now, please, let me read you the story. I'm going to come over here to John chapter 11 and verse 32 and onwards. Now, I know some folks say to me, uh, why do you give so much out of the Bible? Why do you quote the scriptures so much? I'll tell you why. I, I make no apologies. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe one of the greatest weaknesses today in the evangelical church is religious hype and not enough obedience to the word of God. This book is written, my friend, to save our souls and we need to read it, and we need to believe it. So I'm going to keep on preaching it. I'm going to read Luke chapter 11, verse 32 and onwards. Then when Mary came, where Jesus was, she was one of his special disciples. When she came and where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. That was absolutely the truth because he broke up every funeral he ever attended, and death could not exist in his presence. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews that came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, 
Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, she's the practical one. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there is a stench. For he's been dead four days. That's a long time. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I say that to you. If you and I will believe, we will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus is at the tomb of his friend Lazarus He's been dead for four days and they take away the stone. What a situation. Verse 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Jesus is the Lord of life, and Jesus is the Lord of death. Are you listening? And one day Jesus is going to go to every tomb, and he's going to say, come forth. And the dead are going to come forth out of their tombs. Remember, Jesus came out of his tomb. Now you say to me, I find this hard to believe, because how could he do this? (laughs) My friend, are you kidding me? Jesus is the creator. It says in John 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was was God. All things were made by him and without him nothing was made that was made. I discovered some time back, some years ago, then in a single little cell so small you can't see it, without the aid of a special microscope, you've got all this digital information. To contain this digital information of one cell, you need a library of a thousand big books, each with a thousand pages, all inscribed in small digital writing. That's for one cell. How could this have happened by itself? The idea that life simply evolved by itself, is absurd and ridiculous 
It is a statement of a blind, of blind faith. I believe in the scriptures. I believe in Christ, not because of blind faith, but because of the evidence. Jesus is the Lord of creation. And because he's the Lord of creation, and because he is the Lord of life, he's also the Lord over death. And one day he is going to call his people out of their tombs, those who trust him and who obey his word. Have you a message for someone who may be facing death? As a pastor, I've sat beside many people who've been dying. And by the grace of God, I've tried to share with them the reality of the living Christ. I think differently to some people. I don't believe in a lot of religious hype and all of this stuff. I don't believe in that stuff. What I want is truth. What I want is reality. I want something that will stand in the presence of death and look death in the eye and say to death, you are a defeated foe. I want a faith that is going to say, I've been to the tomb and I've examined the tomb. And the angel was right. He is risen from the dead. He is alive. He is risen from the dead. Now, many years ago, when I was a young guy, we ran a big evangelistic campaign in this beautiful city of Melbourne, Australia. Now, Melbourne is one of the most beautiful cities. And some of the nicest people I've met anywhere in the world came from the city of Melbourne. And we hired downtown Melbourne, the beautiful Dallas Brooks Auditorium. We had wonderful crowds of people who came night after night to hear the truths of the Word of God and the truth of Christ and the truth of the resurrection. After a while, as the nights go by and as the weeks go by, you get to know the people who are coming to the meetings, especially those who sit down in the front seats. And I saw night after night this fine couple, beautiful couple with two beautiful little children. They came night after night. And then they were missing. I was able to find out through some of my friends where they lived because I heard the mother was very sick. And so I called upon them, told them I was coming, got a message to them. They were waiting for me. They took me into, the husband met me with the two beautiful little kids, took me into the bedroom. And there was this beautiful girl, I remember her because she had this, when she came to the meeting, this beautiful, long, golden hair. But now I could hardly recognize her. She was so thin and all her hair was gone. She was dying of cancer. So what I did, I sat down at her bedside with her husband and two little kids. 
And I told her some of these beautiful stories in the Bible. Had Jesus rose, raised the little girl? Had Jesus raised the young man? Had Jesus raised his friend Lazarus? And I told them the story of the cross. How Christ, the Son of God, had come down from glory, had lived among us, and then died for our sins on the cross. I read the text, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I told them, in spite of all the terrible things that happen in this world and the terrible things that happen to people, and in spite of the cancers and other terrible diseases, I want you to know God loves you and God is a loving God and he's going to make wrong right and he's going to come and the future is beautiful. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I read them the passages from the book of Revelation. And I told her and her family the story of the empty tomb. And I said to her, one day, if you and I go down into the tomb, one day it'll be an empty tomb. Just as the tomb of Jesus was empty, our tomb is going to be empty because Jesus is going to call us forth from the tomb. He's going to say, Lazarus, come forth. James, come forth. Mary, come forth. Beverly, come forth. John, come forth. And God's people are going to come forth and they're going to come forth not with their pains, not with their diseases, but they're going to come forth clothed with immortality, with the glow of eternal youth. It's true because it's based upon the word of God. You can believe it. And as I sat in that home, I can remember the light came back into her eyes. I left her with peace and with joy. I left that little family knowing that Jesus will take care of them, that we don't have to worry. And there's another story I'd like to tell you. This is one that's close to my heart. This is a story about Beverly and my dad. My dad, for most of his life, had been an unbeliever. He'd been brought up in a big church, a big church that had taught terrible doctrines and terrified him. He'd brought up with the concept that God was an angry, fearful God and God was going to throw him into the fires of an eternally burning hell and he would burn for millions and millions and billions of years. So this is what my father had been brought up to believe. 
And so my father was afraid of God. When my father became an old man, he finally heard the gospel. Now, most people don't understand the gospel. My father had never understood the gospel because of his fear of God. But he came to realize that God loved him and that Christ had come down from heaven and Christ had loved him so much that Christ had gone to the cross for him. And that salvation was by grace. Salvation wasn't by works. We don't have to try to climb up the quaking sides of Mount Sinai to be saved. We're saved by the cross. We're saved by faith in Jesus. And this is a transforming faith. It changes us from inside out. It takes away our wicked old stony hearts and it makes us new people. Well, many years ago, Beverly, my father and I took a trip to the little town of Esk in southeast Queensland, Australia. I was born in the little town of Esk. If you drive through it, uh, you know, more than 30 miles an hour, you're probably going to miss it. But my father had asked us to go with him to his father's graveside. And so we went with my dad, and we went to the place where his father was buried. Beverly and I stood with dad. Then dad said in a soft voice, somewhat a choking voice, you know, choking up. He said, well, we all have to come here. That's for certain. We all have to come here. And then Beverly gave a really good answer. She said, it's true, Dad. We all have to come here. But the good news is we all don't have to stay here. That's my message to you today, my friend. We all don't have to stay here. In Christ, we shall be resurrected. Because he is not here. He is risen. May the word of God today enter into your heart and give you hope and faith as you believe in the risen Christ. Christ gives us clarity. When all around us is in ruins, we can rebuild our lives on the promises of God. The new Carter Report and Hope TV Media Center has risen up from the ashes. The van is loaded with medical supplies, food and water then driven by courageous Christians into places of danger. With a cheerful heart, they deliver hope to weary souls. With your financial help, we can heal the Ukraine. Pray that the Ukraine will be restored 
and pray that the peace of God will prevail. Diakoyu. Thank you. Your gifts can be sent to the address on the screen or visit our website. God bless you and thank you for being a part of the Carter Report family. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.